0: Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna
1: puke, find the popcorn bowl!
0: But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get to that budget. Just as soon as... Well, I-
2: Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2.
0: Just use Instacart, Brian. And as usual, we will help you keep it running thanks to the help we get from ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Good morning, Dan. Nice to see you again.
1: Good morning. Good to be here.
0: Uh, We we keep uh, talking about winter weather. We talk about you and I about winter weather driving, and we'll do that very thing today, too, given that winter storm warning. That goes into effect at noon today for these parts here of CCO Land. And uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Dan uh, helps has helped uh, our listeners out for 25 years or so here on CCO. If you uh, need to bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, and you're wondering what the heck is wrong with this thing, uh, Dan might be able to help narrow it down so you, when you do bring it in, uh, you'll have some idea. You can save some time, cut some corners, and uh, get to the uh, heart of the problem. Uh, that's but uh, again, Dan's been helping us out for many years doing that very thing. So call in your text, uh, call in or text in. Uh, Dan, as a reminder, is here till just about 745, so don't wait. If you have any kind of a car care question, you want to talk with Dan. 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines and text, if that's easier, 81807. Dan, let's talk about this uh, <laughs> more snow and it's going to be a different blend because of the possibility of rain mixed in with it and ice and all sorts of right. things. What if you're stuck?
1: Well, uh, I, I actually think, and be careful of that, uh, first of all, with this type of, of uh, snow, when it's real wet like that, you know, you, if you drive on it once, it compresses down and turns to ice immediately. It does. So it gets very, very slippery. And getting stuck is when you have 6 or 8 or 10 or 12 inches of snow, is a really big deal, you know, and it, it's it's two things. One is, of course, the roads are all icy and snow-covered already, especially on the sides where you park. And uh, secondly, when it snows this deep, the uh, car, if you have a low-riding car, the car actually gets hung up on top of the snow, and then you have no traction at all. So you need to be aware of where you're going when you're getting out of where you're parked at and, and uh, be careful. And... What you don't want to do is get stuck and spin the tires and think that spinning the tires is going to get you out of there. If
0: you keep spinning it it,
1: it just is not going to get you out that so way. But what about rocking a car? Well, you know, <clears throat> if a professional can do it, but, uh, you know, if you don't have experience with it, rocking a car is not a good idea. What is sometimes a good idea is, you know, backing up and pulling forward again and backing up and pulling forward. But... But don't slam it into gear. Not a jerky kind of Not a jerky yeah. type of thing. You know, trying to rock the car w- without allowing the car to shift fully into gear before you start to accelerate just breaks things. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I'm warning you about is, you know, 10, 10 extra minutes or, or an hour extra to get uh, out of a, a stuck parking spot versus ruining your car. Uh, take the time. It's well worth it. You know, and get out carefully.
0: If there's any silver lining in this, Dan, I'm looking at the forecast, and we've talked to Mike Lynch and Will again here in a short period of time, that the temperatures will be warmer than they have been. So that's going to certainly help not only with the melting process, which that's a whole other story, right. uh, but the chemicals. And it makes yeah. me
1: more comfortable out shoveling. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: which you'll be doing.
1: <laughs> I sure will but be. But it
0: could be heavy, wet snow, so yeah, well, know, we I always know. like to say be careful yeah. with that. alright eight nine nine two two six. Text is 81807. We have both. Let's uh, get to it. Rich in Buffalo is first up on the horn. Rich, what is your question? Good morning.
3: Uh, yes. Uh, my uh, two boys are both in college right now, um, and when we had that real cold snap, uh, when I was 35 below, the vehicles both started. Uh, but after that, they when they're driving, they take their foot off the gas, and it just dies at intersections, whatever, so they have to have one foot on the brake, one foot on the gas to be able to keep it running. Uh they're both Dodge uh ninety or excuse me, eighty six and eighty seven, uh three sixty V eight. And wondering if it's something to do with the computer or something. Uh it runs fine when it's under load, but as soon as you take your foot off the gas at a stop sign or a stop light, it just you no know, um uh, power just dies at the intersection. You can turn up and starts right back up, and it will run as long as it's under with the gas pedal on. Take your foot off the gas pedal, and it dies at the intersection.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, <clears throat> I don't have a, I don't have any sort of diagnostics equipment in front of me, so I don't yeah. I can't look at what we're what we're dealing with. But I'm assuming that that is is while it's an old vehicle, it's new enough to still be fuel injected and. Yep. If it is fuel injected, then it is computer controlled, and uh, you know, being that it's computer controlled, the computer's in charge of the idle, and it's probably and something's wrong in that it's not able to control the idle. So that's what that that's what somebody needs to figure out is that you know there's an electric idle speed control motor that's supposed to. Screw in and out. It's it's a servo motor. It's supposed to screw in and out and lot, let more air in or out, or or bypass uh, to control the idle. And if that uh, control motor has stopped working, then of course you don't have any control of the idle. And it sounds like it's stuck at a at a low rate. Um, okay. So those are the types of things that that they should be looking for. Uh, to see what we can do about getting the idle the idle turned up a little bit. Uh, okay, so just bring it to
3: a shop and yeah, I, it up, but... you know
1: it's an old enough vehicle. It's going to be not very expensive. Uh, if they're not handy themselves and want to take it in, that's then that's what they should do. Is uh, is okay. take take it in and and see if if uh, you know for not much money they can't get the idle figured out and turned up a little bit. Sounds great. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Rich. Thank you very much for calling. Now. Um, did Rich have a Dodge? Is that
1: what the, the question was? Yes.
0: Texter wrote in, and you can comment on this. Said for the Dodge caller, it's the intake manifold gasket.
1: Could be, yeah, it could be. Wow. You know the, Well, the, the idle is controlled by air, and if and if you know the vehicle's lost control of of how much air is being, if it's not be able to meter how much air is going by then the idle gets all messed up, uh-huh. and, and that's could act absolutely be. There's n- not just the intake manifold gasket, but the throttle body gasket or a whole bunch of things oh, uh, could cause that, yeah.
0: All right. Thanks to our listener.
1: We always They, they probably experienced it, so they, they <laughs> absolutely. probably know exactly yeah. what he's talking about.
0: We're going to take a quick break. If you have any kind of a car care question, phone it in or text it in, and we have a bunch of both. So uh, don't go away. Dan Burns in from Lloyd's Automotive. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Birds from Lloyd's Automotive. Where is that located, Daniel?
1: We are at 982 Grand Avenue on snow-covered Grand Avenue this week.
0: I'm sure they did a pretty good <laughs> job
1: clearing it. Actually, they did, and they yeah. came by and uh, and even removed a bunch of snow so that the parking spots are better. That's so, good. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's good, but plenty of snow, that's for sure. 982 Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net. L-L-O-I-D-S, net, or give us a call. Let's see. Big Nick will be there this morning at 651-228-1316.
0: Very good. We'll remind you that when before Dan leaves us, uh, which will be about 745. So uh, and we have a lot of callers, Dan, and texters who, in fact, the text came in early. I should really pick up on this before we get too far behind. I uh, cannot get my 2010 Chrysler Town & Country into park and thus cannot remove the key.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, a couple things could be happening. One is they, they have lots of trouble with the key mechanism itself. And, of course, the, the key has a, a shift lock uh, piece that's a part of it. So the trouble could be in that key mechanism, or it could be in the shift mechanism itself, or just to make it uh, give you no good answer here is mm-hmm. it could be in the cable that runs between the shift mechanism and the uh, vehicle itself. If you were at my shop, what I would do is disconnect the cable on the outside of the vehicle down at the transmission, which which actually I think is on top of the transmission so you can get at it from under the hood. Anyway, I would disconnect that, shift it into park manually without the cable attached, and uh, then you'd at least know that the transmission works. And then you're back to uh, back to it's the it's, you know it's the cable or the or the shifter itself. Okay, doesn't sound like the you know the key doesn't usually work that way. Usually with the key, you can't turn the key. But but uh, just because it's so common, that's uh, I'll mention that too.
0: You've seen this often.
1: Oh yeah yeah yep. yeah. We see this often. All right.
0: Let's see. I want to get back to the phone. Let's do this. Let's uh, let's go uh, back to the phones. We have so many callers. Uh, Gwen is calling from Plymouth with a question. Hi, Gwen.
4: Good morning. I have a 2013 Honda Pilot, and it started to make kind of this growling noise from, like, the middle of the car back. And it also had a kind of a shimmy or vibration. When you got up to about 45, then it would disappear. So I took it in, and they said the howling was wheel bearings on the passenger's front and rear. So they changed those. They rotated the tires, they aligned it, and they balanced the tires. But the sh- the vibration is still there. And then they told me that now they think it might be the drive shaft. So do you have any idea what might be happening?
1: Well, I, I, that could be. I mean, I'm not going to deny they're the ones who are looking at the car, so I'm going to trust that they know what they're talking about. But that would be a little bit more unusual, most commonly when... Uh, you get a, sh- a shimmy going down the highway. It's a tire or a wheel, and so I think before you go any further, uh, I would have them look at that again. When they rotated the tires, did the did the shimmy change at all, or or is it still exactly the same?
4: It did not. It stayed the same. Yeah. In fact, it seems like it's getting worse. Would would the what if the wheel bearings were bad on the other side,
1: front and no. back? No, will cause it. Uh, uh-uh, uh. Wheel bearings, wheel bearings, will cause the noise, but they won't cause a shimmy. Okay. Um. So, well, I guess I, if I were you, I would trust they did a good job on the wheel bearing. I would guess I would trust what they're telling you, and uh, and you know that a, a drive shaft could certainly cause a shimmy going down the highway. So, I guess okay. I would trust what they're telling me, and uh, and have them go ahead and fix it for you. Yeah. Okay. you
0: thank very thank much. Thank you, Gwen. Appreciate it. Uh, i tell you what. Uh, I'm going to grab a text, and we're going to bring in Mike Lynch with a look, a look at uh, this this latest forecast. And we're – oh, here it is. Um, uh, old Beater, 95 Ford – 4x4, doesn't say what it is exactly. Runs – but the dipstick tube comes loose when checking the oil. Can that be fixed, do you think?
1: It can be. Just get just a new dipstick tube on – Many cars, the dipstick tube is just pressed into the engine block. Oh, and so if it's coming out, it's because it's worn over all these years and uh, is loose fitting and if you get a new one, it'll get it'll be you know a little bit bigger, a little bit larger to install. You get it into place and tap it in with a oh. rubber mallet and and there I don't you know, go. On many of them you're set to go.
0: Outstanding. Or
1: The other thing that happens is some t- on many of them there's a tab and a bolt that holds it in, and if that tab has rusted off, uh, that will cause it tube. But it, in either case, it you'll, is fixable. you'll want to get a new dipstick tube. All right, good.
0: Stand by, Dan. We're going to take a quick break here. Callers, stay there. We're going to take a quick break and be uh, right back with more. And welcome back to CISO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, who will be here for a few more minutes now. 29 is our temp. Uh, Dan, well, we've got callers. We have texters. Let's see if we can't do a quick one here. Huh? All right. Who is next? It would be uh, Gail calling in from uh, Prior Lake, I believe. Hi, Gail.
2: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a 2008 Lexus. and The other day I backed out of the driveway and the garage and the car... Uh, you know, slipped a little bit. I didn't think it was that bad, but as I started to drive, I noticed all these lights came on, so there was the slip light, you know, the car is slipping, and there was the check engine light and that emergency triangle thing. So I, you know, put it back in the garage. Um, Later that day, I tried it, and all the lights still came on. Same thing the next day. But my son said, "Well, just you know, if this is i did drive it down to the mailbox, you know—and it seemed to work okay. So I took it about two miles to the grocery store, turned it off, came back, it worked fine. But the lights will not go off. And yeah. I, there's no in the book. There's no way to. It doesn't tell you how to turn them off.
1: Well, you can't turn them off. But I'll tell you what the deal is. Your che- coincidentally, your check engine light came on. Uh, that's the light that's causing all the other lights to come on. When the check engine light comes on, it disables the traction control and the ABS system for for safety reasons. I don't know exactly why, but it does. So don't worry about the other lights. When you get your check engine light checked out, that will take care of the rest of the lights. And why the check engine light is on, there's um, hundreds of different codes that could be stored in there that's causing that trouble obviously the car seems to run just fine so uh you know there's there's probably nothing significant wrong with the car but you'll need to <clears throat> take it in have somebody diagnose what the check engine light's about get that fixed clear that when they clear that code and turn off the check engine light the rest of the lights will turn off at the same time so in the meantime if you have traveling to do or i wouldn't say traveling If you have some, you know, places to go and things to do, the car is probably just fine to drive in the short term. But you'll want to get it in and get that check engine light taken care of, and that'll do it for you.
0: All right, very good, Gail. Good luck with that. Let's talk to Mike, who's calling from uh, White Bear Lake. Hi, Mike.
1: Hello. I have a
3: 2008 Ford Escape with 215,000 miles V6. I've been changing oil. I've been putting 520 synthetic in. And I'm noticing that at idle, sometimes, not very often, but once in a while, that the oil light will come on. Does that mean that I should go back to a regular motor oil and get rid of that synthetic?
1: No, no. uh, You have the right oil in the vehicle for the vehicle. So don't do that. Continue to do that. If the oil light is flashing once in a while at idle, first of all, If you haven't had the oil changed recently, do that. Get the oil changed. Uh, Certainly check the oil level. Be sure that the oil is full. If uh, after an oil change and after uh, you know that the oil is full, it continues to do that, and uh, it might get worse as temperatures warm up and oil gets a little bit thinner. If that's the case, then you're going to want to take it in and uh, have the oil pressure mechanically tested, Make sure that the pressure is okay. If the oil pressure is okay, <clears throat> then they're going to want to replace the oil pressure sensor, and you're hoping that it has a bad sensor. And uh, but in the meantime, you need to have the oil pressure actually tested and be sure that the oil at uh, the engine is okay, that the oil pressure is okay. All right,
0: good thinking. Good, good luck, Mike. Thank you. Uh, time for one more caller, I believe. JC is calling from Minneapolis. Uh, JC, you're on CCO. Good morning.
3: Denny, you're the hardest working man in the show business. Tell my boss. No. <laughs>
0: thank you, but not really. I, I love what I do, so I'm not working at all.
1: Um, I have a question. I have an uh, nineteen eighty Dodge diplomat, um, with three sixty do- um three sixty interceptor.
3: Um part of the problem is when I started
1: up and it's idling it's idling high, like um my taxes is like Four to four to five, and I've changed uh, I've changed the plug wires, I've changed the plugs, uh, changed the distributor cap, and I can't figure out what the heck is wrong. Yeah, well, if a uh, if a uh, fuel injected car is idling high, usually that's because that's being caused by a vacuum leak. So what you should be looking for is uh, is air being introduced into the engine, maybe. Uh, through the intake manifold or through the throttle body gasket or something like that. But usually when a, when a vehicle is idling too high, it's getting too much air. And so that's what you need to look for.
0: All right. Uh, thanks very much, JC. Thank you for the call. Uh, before we run out of time, we have a lot of text messages we'll have to pick up uh, when we open the show next week. Let's see where we are, though. Uh, 2014 uh, Durango. Auto door unlock, not working on driver door. It does not unlock when I put the hand in the handle. Still works with the fob, though.
1: The door on oh, oh, the automatic one. Right. If you, if you grab the handle. Right. yeah. Well, there's a, obviously a sensor in that. First of all, check the other doors. See if, if it works with the other doors. If it does, then something's wrong with the sensor in that door handle. And I'm not sure, but I would... Bet that that sensor is not serviceable. Uh, what it usually would take is replacing that mm. door handle. Oh, but okay. If it works with the key fob, the actuators, and all, you know, it's mechanically able to work, but there's a, a sensor that's not picking up. All
0: right. Dan, we have to run. Uh, how do we get in touch with the guys at Lloyd's? Well,
1: best ways come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can uh, find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net. L-L-O-Y-D-S, Lloyd's net, or give us a call. We'll be there as soon as this morning at 651-228-1316. Be
0: safe out there, Dan. We'll see you one week from today.
1: Sounds good.